This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. This is Baseball Outside the Box with Peter Caliendo. Innovative thoughts from baseball's best coaching minds from around the world. Brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, former USA Baseball National Team coach, Peter Caliendo. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're at in the U.S. and around the world. Welcome to Baseball Outside the Box. Thanks for joining us. And I am your host, Pete Caliendo. Again, special thanks to everybody in the U.S. and around the world. We're in over 100 countries. We want to thank you for sharing the show with all your friends and relatives and everybody in the game of baseball. And we really appreciate it. Please do us a favor. Email us, caliendo19 at gmail.com. If you have any questions about the show, want to hear any special guests, anything that we can help with, please let us know. We're here to help because you've been doing a great job. And uh, also special thanks to ESPN Honolulu. Aloha, everybody. And uh, continue to share the show in Hawaii. What a great, great place. Um, and love, love to have all the listeners in Hawaii listening to the show. So again, special thank you to all. And special thanks to Brian Crocker, our producer with the Lineup Media Group. All right, folks. Well, I know you're going to come after me. You're going to send me some emails because here we go again. It's another Italian on the show. Uh, this is not- I'm going to turn the light on. You're good. Another Italian American on the show. It's just not, it's a coincidence. Uh, you know, I go after some really good people, all nationalities, obviously, but it's great to have great Italian Americans on the show. And this one great, great college baseball coach, Joe Giordano. Listen, uh, I mean, all you got to do is, you know, get some of his notes and uh, give you an idea. Paul Maneri, the compliments he gives this guy, Tim Corbin, we both have been on the show. You're talking about great college coaches giving him some un- outstanding compliments. He's got 990, 945 career wins, University of Pittsburgh. Um, he's, the, he's the 25th winningest, winningest active college coach in the NCAA history. Um, he was with, with, with uh, University of Pittsburgh Panthers 21 years, 70 players in pro ball, six you know, coach of the year awards, three Hall of Fames, and by the way, the best Hall of Fame, the National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame, who I used to work with when I was a young kid at 21 years old here in the headquarters in Chicago. But let's not right. waste any time. He's got a great resume. Uh, currently the coach of the black team for the uh, IMG Academy in Florida, one of the you know, famous academies around the world. Um, let's welcome our good friend, Joe Giordano. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing fantastic, Pete. Thanks for having me. Hey, no, this is great. Like I said, in, before we talked, I listened to you on the ABCA podcast, Outstanding. And, and by the way, before we started, I said Italian-Americans, I'm having my espresso because I think I need this for this show, just for, just for you. I love it. Thank you. Hey, listen, um, <laughs> let's let our uh, audience know you a little bit, get to know you. Um, you know, just some real quick questions. You know, obviously, I'm going to start with the Italian-American part. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania. And, Which and, is uh, right, right on the water, right on the water. Where'd you go to high school? I went to Erie Tech uh, at the time. It's uh, changed names a few uh, times in the last couple of years, but uh, uh, it was uh, it was a great place and met some great people. And a lot of those guys are still my friends today. Parents uh, born in Italy or uh, grandparents? My grandparents were born in a uh, little town. Uh, just north of Naples, uh, uh, in the Rakali, 
Rakali is the name. And from what I understand, we still have uh, family there. Uh, and I intend to look them up uh, when I get the opportunity to go. Have you been to Italy? I have not, believe oh, it or not. We got to get you there so one way or another. I take teams every year, um, you know, select teams just for fun, for the cultural experience, you know, to Italy. I've um, been lucky, obviously, was raised there, speak the language. Um, but again, you know, it's a great country, great, great everything in that country, man. One day, ho hopefully, uh, what about a goal about living there one day, maybe, you know, half a year? You know what? Uh, my wife and I uh, have talked about that, you know, kind of slowing things down. Um, I mean, things are obviously interesting here. Um, and what you're doing there, I mean, if, if I would uh, sit down and be able to have a couple espressos a day, uh, nice Italian bread, a uh, little antipasti, uh, I, I'd be a happy kid. Maybe, maybe on certain days have a nice cigar afterwards and a glass of wine. Are you kidding me? Boy, that's the life. I agree with you, man. You're 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 talking my my stuff there, man. I love that. Um, what about did you when you grew up? What did you want to be when you were growing up, a young kid? Uh, you know, I, I grew up in a uh, blue collar environment, and Erie Tech was a technical school, uh, and I was learning uh, the trade of um, being an electrician. Uh, and interestingly. Uh, the vice principal at our school uh, was a uh, alum of Westminster College, which is a very small um, college about halfway between Erie and Pittsburgh. And uh, he would try and get all the athletes at the at the school to go uh, down to Westminster. And uh, how it ended up is he called me and a uh, dear friend of mine who was a quarterback for our football team, Chris Loader, uh, and said, uh, take a ride down there. And I arrived on campus and I came home and I said to my parents, I said, uh, I could still be an electrician someday, but uh, I kind of like this college thing. Uh, and the rest is history. It's been, yeah, it's, been that, a, it's been a good ride. Yeah, but it sounds like it's been an awesome ride. And uh, by the way, all of a sudden, uh, now you, you you start going in the coaching direction. You know, there's always that one time. I know for me, I was a Mickey on baseball school. I was 15. I grew up um, with uh, my mentor, Dick Birmingham um, from Springfield, oh, Missouri. Um, great who, coach. Yeah, you know Dick. Legend. Yep. Yeah, and, sure. uh, you know, I was with him for 40 years. You know, rest in peace, Dick, man. What a great person. Um, you know, and my life changed there because, you know, like anybody else, you know, I had dreams of something else, but all of a sudden got into coaching. Um, wh where did it start for you? Uh, interestingly, uh, out of, uh, out of college, uh, uh, I thought I had a, a shot to uh, uh, play professionally. And then ultimately I did um, uh, have a chance. Um, uh, and that's a, that's a story for another <laughs> another, another, another show, time. but yeah, absolutely. Cause that's a, that's a good one. But, uh, uh, how I actually got into it. I, when I graduated from college, um, I went down to Pittsburgh and I was a sales rep, uh, started in uh, sales for Goodyear tire and rubber company. Um, and about a year and a half into it, um, 
my father got a, a, a very uh, dismal prognosis. Mm. Um, and I decided that I can work my whole life. I only have one dad. Um, and as you know, the Italians are, are so close to their families. Yep. Uh, and that means everything to us. So I decided to go back home. Um, and that summer, uh, the Mercier's college job opened up. I was 23 years old, uh, you know, playing in the local municipal league and, and enjoying that. Um, and I got the job. And so at age 23, um, I became the head coach. Wow. Uh, at Mercier's College. Um, and ironically, uh, the, the reason I went home uh, was because I wanted to spend time with my father. And uh, th- thank God uh, the diagnosis was wrong. Uh, and he lived uh, for 27 years wow. past that. And uh, interesting point here, Pete, is... Um, when I heard the news about my father, um, from that point forward for 27 years, uh, wherever I was at, um, I called my dad every night. Um, and, uh, because I told my mom, cause people have asked me, you know, wow, that's, you know, 27 years. And I'm telling you, I didn't miss a day. Wow. Um, and uh, I said, because I don't want to wake up in the morning um, and regret not talking to him the night before. Um, and thank God uh, he lived uh, till he was 87 um, and was a, a tremendous athlete, uh, very well respected and worked for the city of Erie uh, for another Paisano. Uh, mayor Lou Tulio, who was a six term mayor, uh, Erie, 24 years. Um, as you know, um, Erie is, uh, uh, very strong, uh, Italian American population. And to this day, uh, St. Paul's, uh, church where I was, uh, received my baptism, uh, first communion, uh, confession, um, confirmation, um, was all there. And, uh, to this day, uh, they have the St. Paul's festival, mm-hmm. uh, which, which is one of the most fantastic, uh, three days you could imagine, um, you know, on 16th and Walnut in, in Erie, Pennsylvania, pretty special. Uh, but the, you know, that, that got me back home. It got me started in coaching, um, and the rest is history, you know, and, and uh, um, I thank God that uh, it happened that way, you know, because uh, I'm not sure if I would have uh, got back into baseball or even got into baseball uh, if it wasn't for that family situation that uh, was obviously a defining moment uh, in my life. Yeah, what a great story about your dad. And for, you know, young coaches out there, keep your parents close to you because they're the ones who love you. They're the ones who are honest with you. They're the ones who support you all the time. You can trust them 100%. Um, That's an awesome story, Joe. Um, You know, and and I'm thinking 23 years old, head coach. 
this is a great learning experience. And I think you can lend a lot of experience to a lot of young people who, who are either getting into coaching, you know, as assistants or head coaches. Um, when you were 23, go back a little bit and talk about the things that, you know, we all make mistakes at all, you know, at every age, it doesn't matter what the age is, but especially at, at 23, you're going to make some mistakes, you're going to learn a lot. What, what were the major mistakes, the learning experiences you had that you can sure. share with others? Well, the, the one challenge that I had uh, was at 23 years old. Um, I, on my summer team in the, the Glenwood League, that group uh, of players, um, some of them played for me at Mercier's. So here I am as the, the head coach, uh, and I'm friends uh, with some of my players. So that was a challenge. Uh, but the one thing I, um, I did day one, I said, listen, when we're on, uh, the summer field, uh, we're teammates when we're on the mercy years field, um, I'm the boss and there's not going to be any challenges to that. Uh, and I'll tell you, it was, uh, that was a learning experience in itself. I think, um, uh, again, uh, the, type of personality that I have uh, has always been uh, one that um, takes charge, uh, but embraces um, the environment, the circumstance uh, that I'm in, uh, and I'm going to make the best of it. Uh, at both Mercier's and uh, it may be hard to believe, but at the University of Pittsburgh, uh, we had some enormous challenges, uh, for, for a baseball program. Mm. Um, you know, we didn't have an on-campus, uh, facility, uh, at, uh, Mercier's and, uh, it, it was a challenge, but again, we didn't focus on those things. And I think what I learned, uh, when I got involved, uh, as a coach was, you know, there's, there's no testing the waters, uh, you had to dive in, uh, you had to control what you could control, uh, and make sure that your message, uh, was simple and clear. And you were able to, uh, communicate that with, uh, the guys that, uh, you're leading. And, uh, we built a program that, um, you know, the last four years, uh, you know, we made it as high as number three in the country in division two baseball. Uh, we won two conference championships because we were an independent, mm -hmm. uh, for, for eight years. Uh, and we would, uh, go anywhere and play anyone. Uh, and I developed some great relationships over that time, but, uh, specifically what you asked, um, you know, the, I think some of the mistakes I made uh, was what my vision um, of what a coach is supposed to do uh, rather than being more true uh, to what I believed in. Um, you know, I, it, it, I think I started uh, my career as maybe in the mode of Billy Barton. Uh, and as <laughs> another and as Italian, I, by the way, that that's right. That's right. I had, the, I had the, uh, pleasure of meeting him at a sports banquet in, uh, Erie. Uh, 
uh, and it was one one of the thrills um, of my young career for sure. And then, as you know, any coach, uh, you have to continue to evolve, and you have to continue to develop. And I think as uh, I got into my career more, um, I transitioned to another Italian uh, Joe Torre type, you know, more um, we're going to give you the tools to succeed. My expectation is uh, you're going to be the best that you can be. And you're going to give not only yourself, but your teammates and me, everything you got. That's the assumption. Mm. Uh, And let's play the game hard. And at the end of it, uh, win or lose, we'll analyze it, make adjustments, uh, and move on. Uh, but yeah, there was, uh, there were a couple of times, uh, you know, again, you, you talk about some of these defining moments. Uh, I, I gotta give you a quick story. We were, when we were at Mercier's, um, Gannon university, uh, is located in downtown Erie. And that's run uh, by the Diocese of Erie and Mercyhurst. We were a a mercy school, uh, Sisters of Mercy. And obviously two Catholic schools uh, within a couple of miles of each other. um, You know, there there was quite a rivalry there. And we were playing um, Gannon uh, at uh, Jerry Park at the time. I believe it's UPMC Park. Uh, it's the minor league facility uh, for the double A team in Erie. And um, we had a runner on third base, or uh, I'm sorry, Gannon had a runner on third base. Uh, it was a uh, 0-0 ball game. We played two seven-inning games. This was the first game. And my catcher, not going to mention his name, uh, but he let a ball go off his glove that he should have caught. And the run scored and we lost the game. It was the bottom of the seventh. And I was furious. And I come into the dugout and he's sitting there with his head down. There was nobody else in the dugout because I always respected the fact that I didn't want to embarrass, uh, you know, a a player in front of the team. Uh, And he's sitting there and I look at him and I made some, uh, aggressive remark to him. Um, and he looked up at me, he just turned his head and he looked up and he said, coach, do you really think I tried to do that? Wow. And it was such a, it was a moment that stopped me in my tracks. Um, and at that point, um, I became a better coach, uh, because at that point, again, that's where I kind of embraced the, uh, the theory of, uh, these, these are good kids and they work hard for me every day. Uh, they're giving me everything they got. And there are going to be times where we all fail. Uh, certainly I've made, uh, mistakes, uh, in game, out of game, um, off the field, on the field, whatever, uh, we all do. Uh, but it was that one of those moments, uh, that I felt made me a much better coach. Uh, gave me an understanding of um, when to push, when to pull back, um, when to hug a kid, when to leave him alone, uh, but always respect uh, 
the fact that they're giving you everything they got. Um, and you need to understand that. Um, and whatever will be, will be. Uh, so uh, again, going back to those, um, the question of what did I do wrong? What did I do? Right. Um, you, you evolve as a coach. Um, uh, you can take characteristics of coaches that you respect. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned Dick, uh, I'm sure, uh, there's a lot of, uh, uh, your, your DNA in coaching, uh, that comes from those guys. You know, Absolutely. you mentioned coach Maneri, um, coach Maestri, you know, um, you, you watch these guys and, um, you know, I still keep in touch with, uh, Mike Martin, you know, and, uh, Mike Fox at North Carolina and, there's so many of these guys that uh, you watch how they operate and you watch how they conduct their business. Um, and you take pieces of that. Uh, it's like a, it's like a good recipe, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's constantly tweaking, add a little bit of this, a little bit of that, maybe take a little bit off. Uh, and, and you come out with uh, what you're all about. Uh, but ultimately Pete, I was just having a conversation with uh, one of our younger coaches here today. And I said, uh, you know, uh, I always took the responsibility of how I impact another person, uh, especially from a coaching perspective uh, and, and, and give that uh, some reverence Um because we, as coaches, as you know, uh, probably spend more time uh, in the formidable years of a young person's life, uh, whether it be me here in, at the high school or academy level, uh, but certainly in my 31 years as a college coach, you impact them uh, at times and spend more time with them uh, than their parents do. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and uh, I think that, uh, if that's the core um, of your values and principles, uh, you can't go wrong uh, you know, because I, you can all, always look in the mirror and say, uh, I gave everything I had today. I was fair. Um, and I can live with that. You know, it's interesting. Um, you, and I love the analogy of the pizza. That's a, that's a great analogy. You know, a <laughs> little here, a little there. We got to add that in right. there. Um but here we are, you're 23 years old and you mentioned your parents, um, you know, or you, you're basically a parent for your kids at 23. What, what did you take away from your parents or coaches, you know, that you had when you were young? Because, you know, at 23, that's not easy starting a team and you had to learn something, whether it be how to handle human beings, how to handle players, whatever it was. What did you take from maybe somebody back then? Sure. Uh, I had a, uh, uh, my high school coach, Rich Matlack, uh, uh, was, uh, was awesome. Um, you know, and, and he, uh, just the way that he approached it, uh, Tom Grandinetti, uh, was the, one of the, uh, uh, assistant coaches, uh, uh, became very close with him. Uh, Joe Cook, uh, who was my Legion coach, um, very impactful guy. 
Um, and then coach Renninger, uh, when I went to college, um, you know, all, all those people, uh, had, I had taken pieces, uh, of how they, uh, approach the game, approach people. But I think the strongest influence obviously was my father and my mom. Uh, my dad taught me a couple of very basic rules that I still use today and I uh, use them on my teams. And if I had my children with me and you said, what are the three rules uh, like that? They'd run them off and outside of God and family um, be the best you can be every day, uh, do the right thing. Uh, I think every kid, uh, knows what's right and what's wrong. Uh, you have to do the right thing. Uh, and lastly, uh, treat others the way you want to be treated. Mm. Um, you know, you, you think of those three rules and my relationship, Pete, uh, with a custodian, uh, was the same as my relationship with the president or chancellor of the university. Um, and I took a lot of pride in that and still do to this day. And um, I think when I had that as my core, uh, as, a, as, um, as a young person growing up and had my mom and dad um, holding me accountable uh, to those values, uh, it was uh, maybe a little bit easier for me to um, communicate and to show those things to uh, now at age 23, uh, trying to teach players that were just a couple of years younger than me uh, about how important those values are. And uh, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, again, uh, when talking this morning, uh, the messages, uh, the emails, the phone calls that I get to this day from kids that I coached at Mercyhurst, um, and seeing them as fathers now, um, is, is so there, there, there's no value. There's no monetary value you can put on that, um, and that can never be taken away uh, from me. And that's why um, I do what I do. And that's why every coach uh, should be in it for. It's uh, not the financial gain, not necessarily the wins and losses, which they're important, uh, but ultimately to develop people uh, and to guide them um, on their way after they go on to their respective careers. When I was at Pitt, I would always say to every family that was in front of me uh, that we're going to do everything that we can do uh, to develop your son as a baseball player and maximize, <clears throat> excuse me, maximize the opportunities uh, that he has uh, in the game of baseball. But ultimately, and I'm telling you as parents and you as the prospective student athlete, I'm going to prepare you for the day after you play your last baseball game. That's most important. And uh, that was a uh, 
very successful guiding principle uh, for me. And I tell these kids um, here at the academy the same thing. And um, again, Pete, you know it. Uh, when you get that that true, genuine acknowledgement uh, of how you impacted um, the student athlete, uh, there's uh, there's no greater feeling. Joe, great stuff. And you know, I kind of compare it to. Um, you know, when we tell young coaches, listen, stick to the fundamentals, do those really well, and the good things will come, right? I mean, if you're worried about money, if you're worried about wins, you know, worry about the stuff you were just talking about, and then the good stuff will come eventually. You just got to no be doubt. patient, right? Oh, there's, there's no question. I mean, they're, you know, uh, this is such a tough game. And, you know, one of you see uh, – when I was watching my, my sons uh, going through sports, um, you know, and, and we've seen it across um, baseball uh, in the United States, you know, less and less players are uh, playing baseball. And you think about it, as soon as you get into a thrown baseball at a young age, uh, that you have to be, you have to be pretty coordinated and somewhat athletic to have success at a young age. And I think kids get so frustrated in this day and age of everything, uh, that needs to be instant. Mm-hmm. It needs to be right now. And we're in a game that you take 10,000 swings, you might get this much better. Right. Uh, you you take 10,000 ground balls, you get this much better. But if you don't take those, you're as good as you're going to be. And it's a game of failure. Uh, we've heard that our whole lives, but it's true. Uh, and it's the purest of team sports. Uh, I always like to use the analogy, if I'm a basketball coach and I got MJ on my my team, uh, every time that my team has possession of the ball, it's going to be in his hands. Uh, if I am a football coach uh, and I have a, a Tom Brady who, you know, it's nice that he's down here in Tampa. Yeah. Uh, but I've been a lifelong Steeler fan. I, I can tell you that. So, but, you know, every snap, he, he's got an opportunity to make a play. Um, and in baseball, uh, as coaches, you know, we look at a lineup and say, well, this guy is not going to beat us. And I pitch around him. So he's only as good as the guy in front of him and the guy behind him. And it's, it's when you are trying to connect at bats together, um, what, what sport uh, is, is more reliant on every piece to the puzzle uh, moving forward, you know, and, and it's tough to do Pete. We all, we've seen it. We've seen kids that have great talent, uh, but uh, poor work ethic. Uh, they have an unbelievable work ethic, but don't have the skill set. Mm. Um, and the physical development and maturity of a person certainly helps 
in execution of the fundamentals of baseball in all aspects. Uh, so you have to wait until you get to that point uh, where it might click. You know, it happens sooner for some. It happens later um, for many others. You know, I didn't hit my first home run until Legion Ball after high school, you know, and I became a, a fairly consistent uh, power hitter. You know, that, that's what I was known for. Uh, but my physical development uh, happened very late uh, in my high school career going into college, uh, whereas other guys that I played with, uh, you know, had beards when they were 12, 13 years old, right. <laughs> you know? So uh, obviously they threw the ball harder. They could hit the ball further and they were, they were stronger in our game. Uh, there's so many pieces to that puzzle and so many stages to that. It's a matter of developing a great work ethic, understanding the fundamentals of your swing, understanding the fundamentals of your delivery uh, the steps to fielding and throwing a baseball and running the bases. And then when those pieces fall in line and the physicality and maturity catch up and you're repeating those steps along the way, that's going to be the player that you want on your team. That's the player that's going to have sustained success. Absolutely. Hey, folks on Facebook, if you've got any questions, uh, just type them in the comments section. Thanks for joining us, boy. we got people from all over the world on here. Really appreciate it. Hey, Joe, you mentioned failure. Interesting. Now, 23 years old, you had to fail a little bit. Um, if you did, when, when you failed, wherever times where you're thinking, you know, maybe this isn't for me. And how did you keep going? How did you keep it going as far as staying in coaching? Because, again, you know, when we're talking about finances, you got to survive, you know, not a lot of money early on. How did you deal with that? Well, the first thing was I lived in the basement of my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> so that's number one. Uh, number two, you know, I never focused on the money. Uh, it was, uh, the coaching was always, once I got into it, uh, it, it bit me hard. You know, I mean, I, I, I loved uh, the cyclical uh environment of building a team, starting a team, seeing it through to the end and then doing it all over again. Mm. Um, you know, and uh, there was, I don't think there was ever a time. Um, and the day we got there, I inherited a team that was like nine in 30. Uh, and in one year we turned it around. I think we we're 19 and 17 you know, within the year, I will tell you uh, the first games uh, that I ever coached in uh, was the fall of 1987. Uh, I got the job in June. And back then you played a lot of other teams in the fall. My first trip was to uh, Point Park University, which, uh, as you know, is a uh, unbelievable NAIA program uh, out of Pittsburgh. And I went down there and we got 10 run twice. Uh, drove home, uh, went, went to bed, 
got up the next day, drove up to Olean, uh, and played St. Bonaventure, um, got 10 run twice again. <laughs> so we had, uh, two trips, uh, 0 for four and probably were outscored 105 to two. Um, I think maybe sometime that weekend, um, I might've said, what the hell am I doing? Right. You know, but, but you know, uh, it was okay. Again, going back to what I said in, in my opening comments, embrace where you're at, um, know the circumstance and go out there and work hard uh, and we're going to get better. And we did. And, you know, from that point on, uh, there was always, uh, there's nothing like being a part of, you know, coaching, coaching groups, uh, you know, the ABCA convention every year was Mm -hmm. something that we look forward to. And I still do. Um, and you know, it's, baseball guys are, are real, um, and they're good people. Um, and so I always enjoyed being a part of that environment, which I don't think is why at any point I said, well, should I be doing something else? Yeah. Um, so it, it, uh, it's been in me and it's still in me to this day. Yeah. And I agree with you, man. Once it's in you, you got that bug. It's all you're done. And it doesn't matter. My mom, right. I know my mom was still, you know, God bless her. She uh, passed away a couple of years ago, but she was always, I think up till she died, she was still asking me, what do you do? I mean, it, what's your job? You know, cause you know, Natalia and mom, you know, they want you to grow up to be a doctor, lawyer, attorney, you know, whatever. Um, or a priest. But, or a priest. Exactly. <laughs> But, you know, it, it's in your blood, but she, you know, and I know I'm sure just like you, my parents supported me in everything I did 100 percent. And that, that really helped. You know, you mentioned uh, young people want things fast. Well, also young coaches sometimes, you know, and I'm not, you know, putting everybody in one in one bucket here. But young coaches want things quick. Here you are. You're you're you're, you're, you're having a college program. And then uh, also in University of Pittsburgh comes now. Did that just happen? You were focused on what you were doing or were you looking to go to another college uh, recommendation also to coaches out there, how to handle that? Sure. Um, basically uh, I had during my first few years uh, at Mercyhurst, um, I decided to pursue my master's degree uh, in the sport management program at Slippery Rock which are about, you know, 60, 60 some miles, uh, South of, uh, Erie. Um, I had a full-time job, obviously, uh, as baseball coach, I started my, uh, second duty at Mercyhurst. I was the, uh, cooperative education, uh, coordinator for the hospitality management program. So that was half the day. Wow. Uh, and then I, then I became, uh, the uh, assistant athletic director that did uh, all of the fundraising, uh, all of the game management, and I oversaw media relations um, at Mercyhurst. So I had all those responsibilities, and for three consecutive falls, uh, twice a week, 
I would drive to Slippery Rock University uh, to take classes and ultimately get my master's degree in education, um, athletic administration. So, uh, you know, when, if you really want something, um, it's going to take time and you have to go get it. Uh, but as a part of the master's, I helped uh, start the sports management major uh, at Mercyhurst. And I started teaching two courses uh, in, in that major. Uh, it was the last two years that I was at Mercyhurst. And when the pit job opened, um, I decided to apply for it. And uh, I interviewed for the position. And then it was, uh, it was probably a good six, eight weeks uh, after the interview uh, that I got the phone call. Uh, one of the, one of the great days of my life, um, Carol Sprague was, uh, the individual fellow Slippery Rock graduate, um, great person. She lives in Florida. As a matter of fact, right now she's retired. Uh, but she gave me a call and, um, that was tough because I, didn't arrive on campus at Pitt um, until late November. Mm. Uh, the, the call came uh, early November. Uh, and so we at Mercier's, we were coming off a 40 and eight season, uh, lost in the regionals and had the majority of the team back. Um, and I was teaching two courses. I'd walk my dog Um you know, I, right outside the house was my campus. Uh, my wife and I, who will celebrate uh, 31 years of marriage, uh, August 3rd, um, you know, we, we walked. We got married in the chapel, had our reception, 400-plus uh, people, as you know. Uh, for the Italians, that's a small wedding. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, we ultimately walked to our house, um, you know, after after our wedding. Um, she's been a she's been a champ. Um, my wife, Michelle, has been a blessing to me. And, you know, coaches, wives have it very difficult. And because um, we're always on the go and. Mm -hmm. uh, we're recruiting and with our teams, et cetera. But, um, you know, I had it pretty good. Um, I had a nice golf club that I was, uh, Lawrence Park Golf Club, beautiful track, uh, 10 minutes from my house. Uh, I was teaching two courses. I was an assistant AD. I had a baseball program. Uh, I was, I, I'll be honest with you, if the pit job never happened, uh, I'd probably still be at Mercier's today. Hmm. You know, I mean, it was, uh, uh, it was great. Uh, but, um, I, I decided to take the job and, uh, uh it was probably a very good decision for me. Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, and I want, I wanted to say, cause you mentioned your wife, um, hopefully when this airs either on, uh, 
the podcast or ESPN Honolulu. Hopefully she's not going to listen to this part because I'm about to get you in trouble. Um, okay. First of all, because I, I won't talk to you then, but congratulations on 31 years on August Thank 3rd. You. August 4th and 5th, I will be in Italy. Boy, that would be a great anniversary gift for your wife. Wouldn't it take her to Italy? And maybe it can't happen because of the academy. You got scheduled. But maybe maybe next year, you know, that'd be a great trip. There, there's no question. She's been hounding me for quite Gotta some time. There was this uh, little joke that I use, uh, and I, I think you'd appreciate it. My dad told me this. Uh, you know, it's, they'd start talking about anniversary. He said, uh, yeah, I took my wife uh, to Italy for her 25th anniversary. She loved it. And she, my wife asked me after the trip or, or before we jumped on the plane, uh, what are we going to do for 50? He said, I'm going to come back and pick you up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's awesome. I love it. Uh, yeah. Hey, Joe, take it. Love it. Take us, we would love take, to go. Yeah. And take us, you know what I'd love to, I think it'd be good. Take us through that interview process. Because here we are, big time. Sure. I mean, this is Division One school. It's got to be a pretty tough interview process. Well, it was, um, uh, you know, again, uh, we talk about preparation. And all of the things that we talked about earlier in this, this conversation uh, were things that uh, I was passionate about, I, I believed in, uh, and I executed it every day. So when you look at the, uh, if you're, if you're going to try and convince somebody, uh, that I'm the person for the position, uh, it's very easy, uh, to, to communicate that with them. Uh, if you've been living this, uh, to that point in your life, uh, if you're, if you go in there and you start uh, trying to make things up or uh, trying to present what they want to hear um, rather than who you are and what you, who you are and what you do and how you do it. Um, and I obviously it resonated with uh, the athletic director and the rest of the committee uh, that I met with. And uh, it was a full day. Um, and, uh, again, it was, uh, it was, uh, a challenge. Uh, but again, for me, uh, I wanted it and I was going to make sure that, um, I left nothing in question. Um, so, you know, I, I mentioned about looking in the mirror, mm-hmm. uh, w- when I got back into my car to drive home. Um, I looked in the mirror and said, good job. You know, and, and again, whether I got the job or not, I delivered the message that I wanted to deliver. Um, and I obviously, uh, always very professional. Um, there, there was no sense of, uh, cockiness or arrogance, um, it's all about uh, showing somebody um, this is who you're going to get six months from now, not just in this interview. Mm. Um, and that's where you build relationships and you build integrity uh, throughout your career. 
Um, you know, I said something, Pete, and I think you'll like this. If I say to you, if I say to you, oh, yeah, he's that guy. What, what do you think when you say, oh, yeah, he's that guy? Yeah, not, not yeah, good. Right? Okay. Yep. Well, this came to me about a week ago. I was uh, working with uh, John Ford Griffin, uh, who's our hitting coordinator here at the Academy. Um, and he was referring to uh, one of the uh, participants. And he goes, you know, he's, he's very close uh, to being that guy. Um, and I walked up to the, to the young man. He's a great kid. You know, again, they, at a young age, they, they don't know yet. And, and I went up to him and I said, you know, I've been in this game a while. And do you really want to be that guy? Or do you want to be the guy? Mm-hmm. And he, he kind of smiled and he goes, I think I want to be the guy. You got it. And I said, I said, right answer. So again, when you're looking at developing as a coach, uh, and as a reputation and your integrity and your professionalism, um, that has to mean something to you. Mm. Uh, you have to give the impression, um, which needs to be a direct reflection of truly who you are and what you're all about. And you need to go out there every day and understand that's your responsibility to deliver that every day. And that's how you build a reputation. It's not about uh, uh, necessarily who you know or what jersey you're wearing, uh, because coaches uh, in this in this industry they know who that guy is, and they know who the guys are. You yep. know, so uh, the advice is um, be true to who you are. You'll probably evolve into something even better uh, in the future, uh, but never sacrifice um, your integrity, never sacrifice your professionalism, uh, and never sacrifice or make a decision that's going to put you in a compromising spot uh, that may affect your future. Um, the only time I ever cross that line is with umpires. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but you know what? Any game I ever got tossed, and there were plenty, um, I always made it a point to say, "Hey, that was just the heat heat of the game," and uh, just want to say, hope everything's good. So, yeah, I think I think it was the heat of the game and the combination of being Italian. I get that part when you when you put I, those two together. A little bit of a bombshell once in a while. It happens. Uh, it happens. Hey, we're going to take some questions here in a minute. From uh, I got one from Randall Arms. I'll tell you about him. Great guy. Um, before we do, you know, all the years you've been in coaching, I'm sure you've been asked this several times now, um, but it'd be interesting to get your perspective. The game's changing. The players are changing. Kids are changing. Where are we at overall? What, what was your, the process that you went through? with kids that, you know, that you had to make an adjustment and why did you have to make those adjustments? Well, I think the, you know, again, uh, I've been at the Academy now for uh, a little over three years and 
uh, coached four four seasons, but uh, been here about three years. Um, I think the the game at its core um, has not changed. Uh, we're still trying to score runs. Yeah, <laughs> we're still we're still trying to get people out. We're still trying to play clean defensively. We're trying to take advantage of people on the bases, um, and uh, you know, playing a good team game. So, uh, the fundamental strategy, in my opinion, it, it's not changed. Um, I think the development piece uh, is changing every day. You know, how hard can I throw? What's my exit velocity? What's my launch angle? What are my Rapsodo numbers? Uh, you know, I, 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 I joked with a guy the other day. I said, my cousin is Vinny Rapsodo. You know, I don't, I don't know if he's involved in that or not. <laughs> but my, my point there is, uh, you know, if you break that down a little bit, Pete, um, numbers are good. But, you, you know, uh, statistics can say anything you want them to say. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I might have a kid that's uh, 101 off the bat, uh, but, you know, he can't hit water if he fell out of a boat. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, uh, a specific aspect or element of some of those things um, are really not important. I think using technology and certainly here at the academy, uh, I, I would challenge um, anyone uh, that has more technology um, and access to anything state-of-the-art uh, than IMG. Uh, it's, it's really phenomenal. Uh, but the coaching staff that we have here uh, who uh, it, that's equally as impressive as well. Uh, they focus on, well, how do we get to that number? rather than let's start at the number uh, because you know that that process um, takes time. And if you have a poor swing, but it's generating, um, you know, a big exit velocity, it says you're strong, but that doesn't necessarily mean you can hit, Um, you know, and a guy throwing uh, 95 off the mound, uh, but, you know, he walks six guys in an inning. Um, you know, so to me, once you develop repeatable delivery, repeatable swings, um, at that point, that's when the result of uh, the metrics is most important. Um, you know, you go to the doctor, he says you have high blood pressure. Okay, well, why? You know, and and you have to take steps to make sure that you bring that down. It's the same thing. Uh, you know, your exit velocity is uh, 80 miles an hour. Uh, well, the reason is because you're you're disconnected with your body. You know, it's not working together. Uh, you're out in front. You're pulling your front side. You're batch dragging. Your hands are casting. Uh, you know, all those things. Um, so let's fix the process, the result takes care of itself. Uh, and then, as I said earlier, uh, with that physical development, if you have the repeatable swing, 
and you have the repeatable delivery, it's all going to fall into place. Uh, But if you're constantly chasing uh, how hard am I throwing or Mm. uh, what's the ball coming off the bat, uh, you're defeating the purpose. You've jumped to results rather than understanding how to get there. Um, and that, that's a challenge nowadays. Like I said, you know, it's a, like a video game mentality. Uh, you start a video game, you get blown up uh, within the first 30 seconds, you hit reset, you know, and you start over. Well, mm-hmm. it, in our game, there's no reset button. Uh, you know, you just struck out and you're going to be due up in a half an hour. Uh, what adjustments are you going to make? Well, I don't know how to make those adjustments because I've been focused on how hard can I swing, right? So um, that's kind of my take on it. Sure, um, that's great. It, you know, just using using the tools of today um, and putting them in the puzzle, uh, and then taking the kids' God given abilities and his skill set. Um, and filling all of those in, that's when you arrive at a developed baseball player. Yeah, you know, Joe, on the show, we talk about it a lot, and it's interesting. You know, at the young levels, you know, it's a, it's a game of long-term development. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes, we, like you said, we take it a short-term, right? We want it right now. And we just need to reach the younger the coaches that are working with young kids, right? If, they, if this was all happening, what you're talking about at the young ages, now when they get to you, you know, it becomes a little easier and you don't have to do no as doubt. much, much work. Um, now, I'm going to jump to IMG, but we're going to stay with the development phase. Uh, sure. Before I do, let me take Randall's question. Randall is uh, Randall Arms is going to be the pitching coach for the Pakistan uh, World Baseball Classic team. I, um, I saw his uh, I think I connected with him yep, through social, social media. And I, yeah, absolutely. He's outstanding. He's, always on, yeah. he's, he's uh, passionate about the game. Talking about a person. Uh, that's passionate. Here's his question. He said, uh, what would you say to a coach that finally got the call to professional baseball? Um, any words of encouragement or maybe how to look, you know, what, how to prepare for that man going from college or somewhere else to pro ball. Well, uh, you know, I've, I've had the uh, pleasure of developing friendships with uh, a lot of coaches and skippers at the major league level. Um you know, Clint Hurdle down here. Mm-hmm. Um, Great John, guy. John Russell uh, is our field coordinator here at the Academy. Um, you know, and and when you have the ability to uh, be around these guys and listen to them, uh, it's like you and I talking right now. Uh, and I think it goes back to those core values. Um, you know, be who you are. And be confident and you've been doing this for quite some time. If, if you make that, as you're making that transition, obviously you're doing good things and uh, just stick to what got you there and make it better. You know, don't, don't uh, uh, there's a quote out there. Better is possible. Good's not good enough. Mm. Uh, You know, I'm learning every day. I listen to coaches, uh, uh, Andy Revel, uh, one of the best young infield guys I've been around, uh, also does a great job with hitting. 
Uh, I listened to him talking to our kids, uh, JFG, uh, you know, John Ford Griffin from Florida State. Um, it, you listen, you absorb. Uh, Roger Cedeno, um, you know, played with uh, the Dodgers and the Mets is one of our outfield coordinators. Hmm. Uh, as you know, as you know, Dave Turgeon. Yep. Um, you know, it, we got such a quality staff. Uh, and you listen to how they deliver. You listen to their message. Um, and there might be a, a, a way that is phrased. It, it might be a little bit different uh, than the way you're uh, packaging your uh, message. Um, but if that, if you're able to communicate with uh, and connect with more players um, at that level, uh, that makes you a better coach. Right. We're always learning. We're always evolving. We're always developing. Um, we expect our players to develop. Uh, they should expect us to continue our development as well. Joe, tell folks about IMG, the academy, because I remember if I remember right, it started off as a tennis academy a long time ago. And man, they just exploded, done a great job. Another Italian, Nick Bolateri. Yes. Yes. I should have mentioned that you got you beat me yeah. to it. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's still around. He's amazing. Wow. Yeah, he's uh, uh, there's a little little place that he eats lunch at, and uh, had the opportunity to meet him and uh, signed a book for me, and uh, just very approachable, great guy. Uh, he started this as the Nick Baldieri Tennis Academy, and mm -hmm. um, then IMG took over, as you know, IMG. Um, evolved from a, um, uh, an agency. They were representing uh, um, some of the top of the line, uh, movie stars, rock stars, athletes, et cetera. Uh, and they still do it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic company. Uh, our CEO, uh, which is somebody you might want to have on the show, uh, Tim Pernetti. Um, yeah, he was the uh, he was an AD up at Rutgers. Worked for CBS uh, in television. Great leader, uh, great vision, great communicator. Uh, he's the CEO uh, of IMG. Uh, we are a part of our parent company is uh, Endeavor, um, who owns uh, the UFC uh, professional bull riding tour. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's a massive entertainment, uh, group, uh, and our campus here, um, and Pete, anytime you want to come down, uh, got some good spots for us, Yes, um, uh, to my job, you know, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> but the campus is beautiful, um, I think we rival a lot of division one schools. Um, and it's impressive, uh, uh, great group of people to work with. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, one of the, if not the, uh, best sports Academy, uh, in the world. Well, I'm definitely gonna take you up on that. I'll be down there. Um, that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, what, what's, uh, the, the, the kids stay there. They, they go to school there. They train there. It's pretty much they're living yes. there, right, for four years? 
they're here uh, up to five years. We have uh, eighth graders as well. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, uh, very rigorous academically. Uh, they're held accountable, um, and they go to school. Uh, we have it flipped. Half of our teams uh, go practice in the morning uh, and then attend school in the afternoon. Uh, the other half goes in the afternoon, uh, practices, uh, goes to school in the afternoon. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, does their work, academic work in, in the morning and then comes out on the fields in the afternoon. So uh, from uh, APD, um, you know, the strength program, uh, nutrition, mental training, um, it, it's, it's the full package. It's, uh, again, something that, uh, you know, we had at the university of Pittsburgh, wow. uh, and all the major colleges and universities and probably pro sports teams, uh, have as well. Uh, we're providing this to, um, high school students, uh, from across the world. Uh, so, if there's anybody listening in Japan, Konnichiwa. There you um, go. Great baseball so, country. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've had the Koreans. Um, we have Dominicans, Venezuelans. Um, we had uh, Jerry, uh, um, uh, of course, the name. Uh, Jerry, I'll, I'll remember it. He's, he's the... Uh, uh, the chief operating officer, uh, Perez, Jerry Perez, uh, Great Britain baseball. Uh, his son was on my team. Um, so we, we get kids from all over the world. Um, and it, it's kind of neat because again, communicating with them, um, and trying uh, to show the respect of, um, being able to do it, um, in bits and pieces, of course, Sure. Uh, in their native tongue is, is, uh, is pretty cool. Yeah, pretty it cool. is. I like that. Uh, what's your day? What does it look like daily for you? So take us through the routine, um, sure. you know, with practice and, and whatever. I know they do the nutritional, the mental training with, with different people, but what about the baseball side, the development? Eh? So, uh, again, if you're, if you're morning delivery, um, uh, you're out on the field at eight 15, um, and, there will be two coaches working with you. Uh, there may be a specialty coach, whether it be pitching, uh, infield, outfield, uh, but you'll have the two coaches and you go through your morning practice, uh, usually about two fifteen, two and a half hours. Um, and then you go to lunch um, and then you go to your classes uh, and then uh, three to four times per week, uh, they'll hit the weight room, uh, and, or work in, uh, the mental training or nutrition, et cetera. Nice. Uh, so every aspect of the Academy, uh, is integrated. Um, so everything enhances the next piece, uh, you know, in terms of development, um, and, uh, and it's the flip, uh, with afternoon delivery, 
Um, guys go to class in the morning, go to lunch, come out on the fields, uh, do their training. Uh, the calendar is first uh, semester is um, team concepts, identifying in, you know swing inhibitors, uh, anything defensively, arm deficiencies, anything mechanical, uh, and do individual work to try and improve that. Um, along with uh, uh, strength and conditioning. Uh, then we ramp it down a little bit uh, heading into uh, the end of the year. Uh, and then once they get back on campus, uh, since we are an academy, uh, we can start right away. You know, I know a lot of Northern schools in the States, they can't start till the 1st of March, et cetera, which I don't understand why because you can't mm -hmm. get an arm ready for pitching, uh, you know, in two and a half weeks. Yeah. Uh, so uh, once, once they get back, we jump into um, preseason preparation. Um, and then, you know, we start our games and that goes through the end of April. Um, then we have an ascender series, which uh, all, all of the, teams kind of play in-house, uh, play each other. And then we have our end of the year banquet, which is a really great event. And, um, then they head in the finals graduation and then they go home for the summer. Awesome, man. That sounds fantastic. What a great experience Four or five years there. Um, you know, one of Joe, one of the things we talk about on the show a lot, um, there's a common denominator worldwide, um, some of the best programs in the world. Now, obviously, the U.S., you know, with 26 million amateur players, you know, you're going to have a lot of great players. And not, so I'm not going to even include the U.S. in this yet. Um, but one of the common denominators, I'm going to get your opinion on this with the academy there, is people have a misconception, especially with younger kids, whether it be high school and down. Um, they think that the more games you play, the better you're going to get. Now, I understand the game experience. I get that part. I think we all get it. Eventually, you got to have game experience, right? The instincts, you know, and all that. But at the same time, what we found is the majority of the baseball countries that have less players but are at the top internationally, they practice more than they play. Now, somebody might say, well, but the Cubans are great weather. They play all year round. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. If the Cubans play 100 games, they practice 200 times. What's your philosophy there at the academy on this? Because I, we see it as a positive. And what's happening in the States is we're playing a lot of games at young levels, at 10, 11, 12. And we're forgetting about the fundamentals and, for, and forgetting about the practices. What's your opinion there? I'm 100% a, I'm a in agreement with you. Uh, the, the elements that we talk about, uh, this is just personally and then obviously uh, the academy uh, approaches it the same way. It's about development. It's, it's about being the best conditioned mentally, physically, uh, emotionally athlete that you could be. Um, that takes a lot of time and it takes uh, a lot of effort. Um, and there's no, there's no shortcuts to that. So it's either you're, you're doing it uh, because the road uh, of where you want to go, uh, quite frankly, it's the same for everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just, you work a little harder 
you may get there a little quicker. You don't work as hard. Uh, it's going to take you longer to get there. Uh, but practice, I mean, you can, you can isolate uh, and do so much uh, in practice in terms of reps, uh, you know, focusing on certain aspects of whatever you're working on. Uh, those are the things that when you uh, are trying to develop a player, you know, identify strengths and weaknesses, solidify the strengths, improve the weaknesses, mm. uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, if a kid is just flat out hits, um, okay. So, um, you know, he's, he's a pole guy, but you know, he hits. All right. Well, i tell you what, let's work a little bit on, you know, when he's seeing a 87 mile an hour slider, uh, let's work on going opposite way um, or a kid that just picks it as a good throw. Uh, maybe need some work on, you know, his first movement backhand side or forehand side, uh, glove side, it, you know, so there's always something to work on. Uh, and, and again, as coaches, we have to identify uh, those areas and then to put a program together uh, that's going to kind of put them on that track and keep pushing them in a positive direction. Because as you know, uh, you know, you could, you could play a hundred games a year, like you mentioned. Uh, and, you know, you only get, you know, three or four pitches a game uh, that are drivable, you know, so what good is that going to do you? Yeah. You're getting at bats, but at the end of the day, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I'm not sure that that that's the ticket. The other thing is Pete that I've seen is, um, having an understanding of how to play the game of baseball. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, how many times do you see in a summer game, um, a sacrifice bunt, a push bunt, a suicide squeeze, situational at bats uh you know you're you're seeing guys that and and god bless them i'm not disparaging that or i'm just saying that learning how to look for that pitch on the outer third when you have a man on second nobody out and hitting a ground ball to the second base guess what you're 0 for one uh, but it's a quality at bat for us yes yeah you, you know and uh, taking a two-strike approach and, and battling, you know, you're not getting in here, you know, making a physical adjustment. And, uh, you know, when when you look at those things, those are, those are mindsets, uh, and a mindset happens in practice because you're repping it every day. Uh, when it comes to game time, we don't want you to think. We want you to go up there and react. Yes. Uh, and, and go do your thing. Uh, and if we're doing our job properly, they'll be prepared for that. But if somebody wants to, and, and I've seen it here, I've seen it, uh, at Pitt, I've seen it at Mercyhurst, you know, the kid that has a boatload of talent, but doesn't have the commitment, uh, to that development process. Um, and sure, they're going to have some successes, just because of the skill set that uh, uh, they have. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's the guy that has the skill set uh, 
he has a respect for the game and has a passionate work ethic uh, and won't settle uh, until he gets better. Um, perfection never happens, right? Um, you know, they say, well, it's a perfect game. <laughs> well, a, per- a perfect game is, you know, he, he struck everybody out and didn't throw a ball. That's right. a perfect game, right? Um, uh, you know, so we can strive for perfection, and uh, I think that's great. Um, but, again, that's a result. Uh, the process is controlling what you control every day. Uh, I tell the kids down here, the three E's, energy, effort, enthusiasm. Those are things that don't need talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do those things every day, uh, and you bring that every day, you sleep good tonight. You look in that mirror and say, wow, yeah, I was kind of uh, – you regressed as a player. You didn't get better. All right, so uh, those are the things that, I, uh, you know, I truly believe in. Uh, I think they should be a part of um, any coach's um, – DNA, so to speak. And that's what is going to, those things are going to be the qualities that you see in your successful coaches. And you look at the Paul Maneri's, you look at the, um, you know, Tim Corbin's, uh, uh, Chris Lamonis, you know, down in Mississippi state, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, you look at, uh, coach Bianco, this past year, you look at those guys and uh, you see passion, you see uh, a, a sense of caring. Uh, there's accountability um, and their teams take on that personality. And that is the type of impact you want to have not only on the field, but off the field as well. Yeah, and also congratulations. I probably should have said at the beginning of the show, and I missed it again. Boy, I got to prepare a little bit better. Ole Miss, great to see him win. And also, uh, have to mention Italian coach and Italian player is the MVP. That was great to see. Um, again, encourage always our Italian-Americans uh, anytime they do some great things. Hey, Joe, this has been great. Um, uh, you know, and I appreciate the time. I, you know, I know our staff appreciates the time here that you've given us and all our listeners um, I want to finish it off with this because uh, with the Academy, you know, sometimes in the show, we talk about development and, and, and one of the areas of the development that probably is at the top um, in some ways is vision because, you know, without vision, I don't know how you, how you accomplish any skills. Um, tell us a little bit about what you guys do there at the IMG Academy when it comes to vision. Is there anything particular? Well, um, I will tell you this, and this will summarize it. Um, if the technology is out there, you got to have it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I know there's a lot of things that they do. Um, and uh, again, you look at the support staff that uh, is at the academy uh, in every piece of it. Um, it's quality. Uh, it's, it's people that are dedicated to what they're doing. Um, and it's a, a environment. It's a culture of trying to develop, uh, student athletes, uh, in all aspects and prepare them, uh, 
to go on to a four-year career uh, or a professional career um, in, in their sport. Um, and again, their respective careers after college. Uh, uh, it's, uh, it's a special place. Uh, there's no doubt. Um, uh, Dan Simons, uh, who is our baseball um, director, you know, I knew Dan uh, from his days at Miami of Ohio. Uh, our teams competed against each other. Uh, and I was fortunate to uh, happen to be in this area. Um, I had a uh, second home down here. Uh, and uh, that's where I we landed. Uh, and uh, here we are. We're still here today, about 10 miles away. Nice. And I'll tell you what you mentioned. You, you sent out the invitation. I will be there. And by the way, I just remembered I'll be in Florida uh, September 7th to the 19th for the World Championships 18U, which is the World Baseball Softball Confederation event. Um, it's the best 18-year-olds in the world. So we'll be down there and uh, definitely coming to visit. Beautiful, Pete. I'd appreciate it. And uh, um, I can't thank you enough for your time. I hope this was um, a benefit in some way to uh, whoever is watching uh, or listening. Um, uh, my information is uh, listed uh, on the IMG website. Uh, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I may not get back to you immediately, uh, but if somebody addresses something personally to me, um, I, I promise you I'll do my best to uh, get back to you. Fantastic. Joe, let me tell you, this was awesome. Um, we will take everything all the sh on our show notes. We'll put the IMG. We'll put all your information there, how people can reach you. Um, again, special thanks to Joe Giordano, IMG Academy. Special thanks to Brian Crock, our producer with the lineup media groups, and also ESPN Honolulu and all our good friends around the world. Thanks for sharing the show. Keep listening and anything you need, caliendo19gmail.com. Email us and we will follow up. Listen, everybody, stay healthy, stay safe. God bless you, and we'll see you on the next show. Aloha. This has been Baseball Outside the Box with Peter Caliendo. Listen online at baseballoutsidethebox.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and all major podcast outlets. Join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. Get all of our podcasts now at lineupmedia.fm.